Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Nats Town, welcome to another hastily prepared edition of Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the phone, I believe. Dave? Are you there, Dave? I'm trying muting and unmuting you and see if that works. It does sometimes. Dave Nichols, are you there? Can you hear me? Uh, the mute-unmute trick works yet again. Nationals 3-2 over to Philadelphia Phillies in the series and season finale with Philadelphia today. Uh, Gio Gonzalez on the mound. We'll start there. Unbeaten in his last seven games before today. 4-7-9 ERA, seven walks, 35 Ks, a 243, 2-78, 4-34 line against in 35 and two-thirds over that stretch. Six and thir- uh, a third scoreless to start today, but he gives up a solo home run by Tommy Joseph on a 3-2-3-1 change down in the zone. Uh, seventh inning there, one to one at that point. He goes seven total, four hits, a one earned run, one walk, five Ks. You're looking for a bounce back start from Gio Gonzalez after his last outing against the Braves, where he gave up uh, six runs in three innings. He got it today, and maybe feel a little bit more comfortable at him as part of the potential postseason rotation going forward. But good stretch over the last one, and a solid start from Gio against the overmatched Phillies team today. It really was a solid start, and this is the type of Gio that that Nets fans want to see. Um, they want to see him uh, work efficiently. They want to see him uh, limit the base on balls. They want to see him, um, you know, using that good curveball uh, when he's got the opportunity to. Um, he, he did all that today. Uh, you know, I think Gio is going to be a very important piece of this playoff uh, pitching staff, regardless of. Um, anything else, especially if they face the Dodgers with all those lefties. I think they're going to want him to start against the Dodgers um, regardless of who else is healthy. So, um, yeah, this is a very encouraging thing. The last time out, um, he was not very good. And, um, you know, he's he's either – it's kind of funny with Gio. He's, he's a perfectly mediocre – he's got a perfectly mediocre win-loss record. But he has either been really good or really bad this year. There really hasn't been a whole lot of mediocre to him. So, um, it, it's a crapshoot whenever he takes the mound, and the Nets just have to hope that um, come October that that it's good Geo and, and not and not crappy Geo. Are you worried about uh, Coda Glover's been given some high leverage situations here in the eighth? And his last two pitches now, he's given up four runs, a three-run home run earlier in the series, and then a solo shot today by Freddie Galvis on the one and only pitch he threw there kind of thing that could mess with a young pitcher's psyche a little bit. Uh, Dusty Baker talked after the uh, three-run home run by Cameron Rupp on Friday night about wanting to get him back out there and uh, see how he reacts to everything since he's still getting to know Glover at this point. But they've been putting him out there in tough spots. And uh, the last two outings, at least, he's given up blast on uh, sinkers down in the zone. Yeah, you know, and it's not just the two last two pitches. It's, it's since he was it's since he's been recalled back from, from AAA. Um it hasn't really been that good. And I think when he was up earlier, they were using him in, in less high leverage spots, uh, fifth inning, sixth inning, that type of thing. Um, blowouts, we one way or the other and was having some success. But now that, that Dusty's decided that he's going to be um, an, an eighth inning guy, uh, definitely having, having more trouble. I think he's given up, um, you know, a handful of, of, of runs in, in eight appearances. And in eight appearances for a short reliever like that, um, you know, maybe one run, two runs, but I think it's more like 
four or five overall, and you just you can't have that. You can't have an eighth inning guy that um, that isn't coming in, that isn't throwing strikes, that isn't challenging hitters. That when he, they do challenge, they get they get knocked around. Um, you know, he's just if he's going to throw that um, if he's going to throw that sinker, he's got to bury it. He can't um, and he can't short arm it and, and leave it in a place where. Um, you know, even even a mediocre hitter like Freddie Galvis can poke it out. Adam Morgan on the mound for the Phillies today snapped a streak of 15 winless appearances last time out, uh, but 0 and 9 with was 0 and 9 with a 6.72 ERA, 3.20, 3.59, 6.03 line against in seven innings, 71 and pitched over that stretch, which is a long winless stretch. Uh, leadoff single by Trey Turner, RBI double for Murphy in the first, puts him up one nothing. Uh, he walks Bryce Harper in his final at bat in the seventh. Rendon doubles to drive Harper in at that point. Uh, three to one when Rendon scores on a pass ball with the reliever on the mound. At that uh, after that, uh, another young pitcher for the Phillies here. They have a lot of them up in the majors at this point. They called a few more up today. Got pretty much everyone from that Texas deal with Cole Hamels out there. A solid start by Morgan. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't help him that he's on a pretty bad Phillies team this year, which I'm sure leads to some of that stretch. But six innings, three hits, two runs, uh, two walks, two Ks today. Ends up throwing 87 pitches before they went to the bullpen. Yeah, you know, the Phillies have a couple of really young pitchers that I like. Vince Vasquez, um, Jake Thompson. I think both of those guys um, are going to be long-term major leaguers. Adam Morgan, I'm not so sure of. I think Adam Morgan... Uh, is a um, uh, is a decent arm probably you know would probably flourish um, in a bullpen role but I think long term uh, he's just a, a healthy uh, competent guy that the Phillies could put into their rotation this year um, knowing that they expected to be be a pretty crappy team um, I don't think that uh, that Adam Morgan is is one of their top prospects and. I think his performance over the year probably shows that, but he has been able to be healthy, take the ball every fifth, and for a team that um, that was expecting to be bad is bad. Um, that definitely has some weight, and I'm looking at guys like <clears throat> I'm looking at guys like John Lannon and um, you know some some of our favorites from those really crappy Nats teams that took the ball every fifth day, got the crap beat out of them, but just still kept that coming back and kept coming back and relish the idea that they were in the major leagues. They got runs that the Nationals drove in today. Uh, Daniel Murphy with the RBI double that I mentioned, his 42nd of the season that gave him a nine-game hit streak over which he's 13 for 30, 433 average, four doubles, three walks, four Ks. Anthony Rendon's 37th double drove in the other one. Uh, you just can't overstate the importance of both of these guys. Murphy continuing to hit, and Rendon, after a rough first month, has pretty much been solid over the last couple months. And uh, you can't overstate the importance of both of these guys in the lineup, and not just on days when they end up driving in and scoring all the runs. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about Rendon first. Um, I think since April he's been more than, than pretty good. I think he's been very good. I think he's been Anthony Rendon. And I, I think either – um, he was experimenting with something coming out of spring training or uh, or he was nursing some sort of injury that, that limited his effectiveness so badly and raised all those concerns because uh, since the 1st of May, he's been what we would expect from Anthony Rendon, a guy that um, you know really should contend for silver slugger slots at, at that third base slot you know, for the rest of his career. He, we said it all going through April that he was too good a hitter 
to hit that poorly. And it, it seemed like once we hit May, he hit a light switch and became Anthony Rendon again. Um, Daniel Murphy uh, simply has been this team's MVP this year up until the last, you know, 100 or so at-bats of Trey Turner. Um, it's just every day it seems like he goes out and does something uh, on offense to help the Nats win the game. Um, on defense, I think he's been uh, a little better than advertised. I think maybe um, the years that we saw him play with the Mets, um, you know, when we saw him play, maybe his defensive mistakes were uh, a little bit more glaring just because he made when, when he made them, we remembered them. Um, but he's been, um, I'd say, serviceable to um, average at, at, at second base. I won't say he's been better than average, but he's certainly been serviceable there. Um, but again, it's, like you said, it seems like every day he does something on offense to help this team. Yeah, I should mention, since you brought his name up, uh, Trey Turner, two for three. He singled to start the game, ended up scoring a run, uh, stole two more bases today, If uh, I think it's two, right? Yep, two, 23, team leading 23 stolen bases on the year. Bryce Harper walked and scored, uh, was caught stealing at one point, but Trey Turner, once again, at the top of that lineup, getting things done, and with the win, the Nationals 14 and five against Philadelphia this year, uh, six and four in D.C. After they went eight and one in Citizens Bank Park, and we've talked about this all season. You knew these guys were going to be also Rams in the division, along with the Braves, uh, Marlins, and Mets. You know, had to have a lot of things go their way, which the Mets certainly didn't. Uh, the Marlins certainly didn't the last couple of weeks, but they're still in the mix, both of them. But you knew the Nationals, well, I guess how all three of those teams did against the Braves and the Phillies was going to end up deciding this division. The Nationals certainly got it done against the Phillies this year and founded them and took advantage of a weakened Phillies team. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the difference in the division right now. Um, you know, if you look at it, just the, the Nets have dominated the Phillies and the Braves. And um, and you're right, we said at the beginning of the season that they needed to do that to expect to contend. And, um, and you know, the, the Mets and the Marlins right now, you say they're still in contention. They're still in contention for a wild card spot because they're not catching the Nats in the division. Uh, this division's been sewn up for the better part of a month now. Um, when when the Mets got um, when the Mets got really hurt and the, and the Marlins started to slump, so um, it really it, it's been over since about the All Star break. And, and um, you know, I know that there's 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 paranoia and general dread around um, around Nats town whenever you start to talk about that. A few absolutes in the future, but um, you know, once once the the Mets started having pitchers go down around May, um, that really kind of sewed the division up. The Marlins are, are an okay team, um, but they're not going to contend for the top of the division. They just don't have enough talent. Um, the Mets, they did have enough talent. They're just pitched. All their pitching got hurt, so um, the Nats were able to take advantage of it this year. And um, you know, hopefully they're going to be able to ride that into the playoffs because they are one of the best two or three teams in the National League. And, um, and you know, it will be fascinating to see the matchup against the Dodgers and then um, if they can get past the Dodgers to, to take on the Cubs. I mean, I think that would be a very fun uh, pair of series to watch uh, come October. Got the Mets coming to town for the next three days. I'll be down in D.C. for those games. Uh, when the Nationals released their game notes for today, however, they didn't have the starters for the first two games listed. Tanner Roark scheduled to go in. Uh, Roark, I'll get it right one of these days. Scheduled to go in the series finale, but uh, they haven't listed the top two pitchers yet. First two pitchers, I should say. We'll see if Dusty Baker gives those names out in the post game today. But uh, Giolito and 
Ronaldo Lopez would both be, you know, Ronaldo Lopez a little over uh, his normal rest would be going tomorrow if he if he does get the start. Uh, AJ Cole lined up for the game two there. They haven't announced either of them though. If you're Dusty Baker, uh, is that who you're throwing out there, or how are you mixing it up for the first two games with the Mets? Well, I'd certainly throw AJ Cole out there. I think he's been consistent enough to give the Nats a chance to win when he's pitched uh, so far this season. Um, as far as the other starter, whether it's Giolito or um, or, or Lopez, or if you know, at, at some point, I think they're going to want to try to test Joe Ross out. I don't think I don't think it'll be for um, the first game of the series, but I think eventually they're going to want to try to test him to see you know to see him pitch against major league pitching again. Uh, before we get to the last week of September. So, um, yeah, so I think Cole gets one of those starts. I think probably Lopez takes the other start. But, um, but again, Dusty could be having the words come out of his mouth as we speak, and, and we have no idea about it. So um, but we'll just wait to see what he says. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, uh, I did think it was interesting. Dusty Baker talked the other day about the fact that he uh, – his veterans in general, he says, are more than willing to help these young guys up now that they're up here and guide them. He said specifically that he told uh, Gio, uh, Lucas Giolito to start trailing and uh, emulating Max Scherzer, follow him around and learn from him. I, I'm trying to find a quote here because it was a good one. He, uh, he said a guy would be a fool not to try to learn from somebody that's of Max's caliber. It's like going to the library. It's like a free free library in knowledge and in wisdom and determination. Uh, Baker also did talk about the uh, the fact that he hasn't seen the uh, 80 grade fastball that all scouting reports told us was going to be you know high 90s, 90 to mid to upper 90s for the most part. Uh, Giolito's average 93.3 miles an hour with his fastball so far. Baker said I haven't seen the uh, the velo, but Sometimes we put too much emphasis on velocity. Also, uh, guesstimated it or suggested, as I've said, that the guns in some of these minor league parks might not be uh, as accurate as some of the ones in the majors. So that might account for some of that too. But you can't ask for a better role model for Giolito. I mean, he can't change what the guy has in terms of skills. But as far as how you go about your job, having Max Scherzer as a role model is pretty a uh, good place to be in for a young pitcher. Yeah, you know, and, and I think we mentioned it the last time Giolito pitched. Um, I, I think probably his, his overall physical conditioning has something to do with it, too. I don't think that, uh, um, you know, the, the, the rigors of, of the full season here uh, uh, pitching might um, might be playing on him a little bit. I think that um, that might account for some of the velocity loss. Uh, certainly, the, the, the bit about the, the minor league stadium guns is just a ruse. I mean, every scout in Major League Baseball and the Nets have their scouts attend, you know, um, every time he pitches. So they know how fast he's throwing. They know he's not throwing 96, 97 miles an hour right now. That's kind of a bit of subterfuge by Dusty. But, um, you know, he, he, he throws hard. And for some reason right now he's not, whether that's fatigue, conditioning, um, you know, change in mechanics, uh, hiding injury, it, it, it's something. And the Nets um, need to figure it out sooner than later because um, that's who he is. If he doesn't have the big fastball, uh, he's not the guy that um, he's, he's not the guy that, that should be touted as the number one right-handed starting pitching prospect in all of baseball. Uh, that's just all there is to it. There's, there's a big difference between a starting pitcher that throws 96 miles an hour and throws 93 point whatever he's averaging in the major leagues or 90-91, which is what he was doing out of the bullpen the other day. They just um, they, they need to figure it out and get, and get him right again because he's too important a piece uh, to this team going forward, um, especially now considering 
Um, and I hate to say it, considering Steven Strasburg's elbow again. It's just if for some reason Steven Strasburg can't pitch next year, um, that, that's a huge deal because um, – and, and, again, this is just speculating because we're talking and, and have nothing else to do. But if Strasburg requires surgery, coming back from a second Tommy John surgery is nowhere near as successful as coming back from the first one. So um, Lucas Toledo is a very important part of this team, not just this year, but next year and in the future as well. Get it sorted out, Lucas. Tomorrow night, uh, I'm sorry, I just seen coming across the Twitter here that uh, they won't make an official announcement until tomorrow afternoon on the starters for the next two games. They're still deciding, according to Dusty Baker, so I'll have to wait another 24 hours to find out. 7.05 p.m. with the Mets tomorrow night in Nationals Park. Nationals are 85-58 and 58 after the win today. Nats Nightly is sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. We'll talk to you after tomorrow night's game, sir. Sounds good. So I guess I'd go Nats.